shop I'm here to talk cops Who crooked and corrupt Who need to be stopped Who aren't afraid to aim Squeeze and release Round after round Until they put them in sheets I said any and everywhere They're hitting the well aware Of what they're doing And no they don't care Everything's illegal And nobody's free We're all tapped to track Yeah You and me Hardwired at tune They watch in the back room With their cameras on zoom Laughing at me and you Yeah Go ahead and think it ain't a police stick for real Cause the cops got tanks I got hounds to call out Around to the use But that ain't a problem Until the used on you I said one false move You'll be up on the news In the morning and evening Footage of your family weeping Father, he has an eight-year-old son he, he at least deserved to be told Put your hands where we can see them Man down Yeah, they do what they want And they rule by force And they ride on the hunt Man down They put another in the ground I got Tanks and troops headed to your town Man down, it ain't a game, it's a shame It's why I don't play, cause they run the game Man down, yeah they do what they want And they rule by force and they're right on the hunt They say, that's the way it is But it's sick cause the kids deserve more than to live In the world like this, I'm pissed I'm phased and in the rage And hot from the flash and the bang grenades I'm burning alive, cause I'm burning inside I'm a man on fire, cause another man died I'm appalled, let's just list them all I'm sure I'll miss a few, and a few will applaud They punch kids, shot kids, taste pregnant ladies Taking babies to land and put cuffs on the hands of veterans It choked a peacemaker, he broke up a fight And then died a little later They shot men in the back, who went under attack And were caught on film, and they lied about the facts They protect each other, they're on in the throne So don't be shocked at all, when they're breaking your home Man down, yeah they do what they want And they rule by force, and they're right on the hunt Man down, they put another in the ground I got tanks and troops headed to your town Man down, it ain't a game, it's a shame That's why I don't play, cause they run the game Man down, yeah they do what they want And they rule by force and they're out on the hunt It'll get real, in a matter of minutes Gone without a sentence, no trial, no witness Man down, it ain't new, get a clue and just think next time It could've been you, man down, it ain't new it could have been you, man down It ain't new, get a clue and just think next time It could have been you It'll get real, in a matter of minutes Gone without a sentence, no trial, no witness Man down, it ain't new, get a clue and just think next time It could have been you, man down It ain't new, get a clue and just think next time It could have been you, man down It ain't new, get a clue and just think next time It could have been you All they need Welcome to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. It is Wednesday, the 2nd of August, 2017, and we've made it through to August in the Trump presidency without being completely destroyed. So that's uh, that's that's a benefit that 
you know, everybody thought would be completely non-existent. Because obviously, now that we have this next guy in office, the elites are going to totally loosen their grip on everything. And uh, everything will be unstable and people will die. And none of that is actually happening any any more in any more severe a way than with any other president. I mean it's upping just like it does with every presidency. It's it's a little worse every time, but of course they're not gonna make it any magnitude worse because that would make the people start to uh, have a very good reason to revolt. And their primary method of staying on top of all this shit is preventing revolt by placating people or by distracting people when they otherwise wouldn't be placated. This is evident in the really fast firing of Scaramucci, which I'm not going to talk about in any other way than to say that it's emblematic of the the way politics have operated over the past probably century or so that you can distract people so easily and then they won't be paying attention to any of the serious shit that they fucking should be. Like when they light us into World War Two by decrypting purple and then like meh we don't we're not gonna do anything with this. Now whether or not that was just a distraction within a distraction, you know, before the CIA even existed so they could have their distraction story within a story tactics uh, or whether it was just a fortuitous thing that happened to happen at the right time. Um, a lot of people died on the day that would live in infamy. And a lot more people died in a war that was completely useless other than to keep people controlled by having a huge fucking jobs economy during the uh d during during what would have otherwise been a depression by having um a huge amount of new regulations that were unheard of during FDR's first 100 days all of this people were on board with you know largely because they considered the government generally a force for good generally um and they could be easily dissuaded by government propaganda from thinking for themselves with all the frankly racist bullshit that the US government put out there with their arts commissions and their propaganda vehicles where everybody but them was uh, somehow subhuman. Big teeth, weird-looking eyes, giant lips, 
fucking everybody has a little mustache if they're one of Hitler's uh, goons. But, you know, the U.S. government, they're the righteous, virtuous people going in there to fight the menace. And if you don't buy your war bonds, you're a fucking traitor to the cause. Because this stuff has been going on for a really long time, you know? And the reason I'm bringing that sort of thing up is because it's not going to get better until we understand history. You know, Vietnam was a well-known catastrophe, but it, it's, it remains the only war people are pretty universally opposed to. Even though the draft occurred in World War II, people didn't want to fight in Vietnam because they didn't see the fucking point. But so many of these conflicts were just creations. Hey, we want to go test Agent Orange. Where do we do that? Oh, Vietnam. Hey, this stuff isn't going to stick around and deform people in the future and disimprove their quality of life because it leaches into local water supplies, is it? Oh, no, okay, so that's alright, that's fine. And by the way, I hear you're going to turn into a company called Monsanto, and you're going to basically make the same sorts of pesticides on a genetic level so that all plants have it in them. We're we're gonna we're gonna repurpose it. That's the constant lie. And and fucking the Afghan Soviet war that I harp on so much, where the U.S. government armed the fucking radicals, the Mujahideen, and said, "Hey, the Soviets, they're out to get you." They're, they're going to uh, threaten your, your God-given rights to these lands, you know. Get him, get him, boy. And then, when they found out they were being used as dogs in the war, they turned on their masters for some reason, <laughs> you know. Seeing things through the eyes of your enemies can sometimes help. And Osama bin Laden roused support against the U.S. government, whether or not he was involved in 9-11, whether or not he was involved in anything else. He roused support against the U.S. government because the way he saw it, the U.S. government was always going to take the side of their allies and was never authentically interested in helping what he uh, termed the Arabs. And, and then, WMDs. And babies in, taken out of incubators. And all of this shit justifies the invasion of the Middle East. Uh, in, in addition to a very convenient terrorist attack on American soil that's pretty much the first of its kind. And people don't connect the dots. They don't think that they're being lied into war. They don't remember Lincoln and his fucking conquest of the south that 
Initially, he was a racist motherfucker, but somehow in the end, he came out as a shining saint and example for the beauteous wonder of of an equal people and how slavery is so immoral and he's so against it, even though he said he didn't basically didn't give a shit about the lot of the black man for most of his presidency, suddenly that's a problem. You know? And like the Whiskey Rebellion from from the from the founding, where tax rebels who supposedly formed a new government that would respect people's individual sovereignty fought tax rebels who were claiming that this government didn't respect their individual sovereignty. And the fact that we have an IRS at all now is really damn strong evidence that there is something wrong here. You know, and that's just America. Venezuela's got problems where Maduro's basically rewritten the entire government so that voting has no effect if it ever had any in the first place, and he can appoint anybody. You know, it's got his cabinet now. Fucking China just removed VPNs from their list of legal software. All because people were mocking politicians. (laughs) So stay in line and don't do anything too out there or we'll axe you. And that's the axiom of every fucking government. You know, not just the U.S., not just the bad guys, not just the foreigners. It's every fucking government in history with, with, with so few exceptions and none with any reach that it's just so fucking aggravating to hear people talk about land of the free, home of the brave, all of this raw, raw bullshit. And one of the things... That's related to that is the prison planet that I keep bringing up and that I sort of went to more detail about last week. The one where you wake up in your cell, you get food, you get, you know, fucking some personal autonomy, but there's cameras on every massively controlled street and every intricately controlled avenue. And there's a warden and there's guards and there's snitches and they report you. You know, don't step out of line because there are rules to walk these halls. Basically. Huh? And nobody nobody notices it. But the people who understand and are connecting the dots. And they look fucking crazy to the people who don't. So, we end up with the label conspiracy theorist. Um, You know, supposedly the CIA started this label off. I don't know. But the, the memo does seem to strongly suggest that. So, just look into that if you're interested. But 
what that label does, whether or not the CIA invented it, is because of its connotation with so many people, it effectively, without doing any work, discredits people who may otherwise have a really decent argument against the government, against the way society is run, against corporations, against the military, police, whatever. They, they have successfully removed any possibility for suspicion from the public. And if you are suspicious, there's every likelihood you'll be just dismissed as a wingnut. Well, one of the conspiracies that I'd like to hit on just now is biodiversity and how that's a scam. But first, I want to really highlight how these people weasel their way out of situations. They don't have to properly address any of what they're saying. All they have to do is make different words, uh, speak very quickly so that you can't address anything. There's, there are so many ways to weasel your way out of just answering a fucking question. And I think a really good example of that is something from Russia Today and its uh, State Department spokeswoman, Yen Saki, I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how I would probably pronounce it. Um, under the Obama administration in 2013, discussing with people who were basically grilling her um, over the U.S. government's response to Snowden and his leaks. So I want you to listen to this, and and I'll start it. It's not the full clip. The full clip is 24 minutes long, and, you know, I'm not trying to stretch this out. But I'll be starting it at near the end when she's already been flustered and they've already basically weeded a lot of words out of her that she didn't necessarily want to say, unless she's just a really good actor. Um, and she gets into a very uncomfortable position where, as a spokeswoman for U.S. government branch, she has to say that, essentially, she doesn't give a damn about free speech, and neither does the U.S. government, because Snowden was just giving a press conference, and this was right after it, uh, saying that he wasn't going to leak anything else, essentially. And um, the thought was that that was com in compliance with an agreement with, with the Russian government so that he could hold asylum there. Um, because they they basically said, look, we don't mind having you here, necessarily, but this leaking has to stop so that we're not considering it so that we're not considered, um, you know, to be aiding and abetting an active criminal. Um, which, you know, if that official story is true is a reasonable move and one that 
if they didn't do it, they risk open conflict with first world powers. Um, and that's never a good thing, which is evidenced by all of these troop movements against North Korea for having a missile that can reach the U.S. when the U.S. has countless missiles that could reach them and beyond on two different sides of the globe. Which, yeah, I'm a dirty globe head. I don't go down the flat earth conspiracy hole because none of it is really physically sound. You know, you can fight me if you're a flat earther on that um, at some point, maybe. I don't know, in, in whatever comments you want. Whatever, it's mostly an internet thing. Um, which, of course, because I'm a cynical asshole, my, my response to that is every piece of footage I don't like is forged and massively distorted, and every piece of footage I do like is raw proof that the Earth is flat. You know, fucking confirmation bias run amok. Anyway... The U.S. government is angry with, fucking theoretically, angry with the North Korean government because they're fucking testing a, a missile that could put a nuke, theoretically a very small nuke that they could fit on the head of it because this is a very weak missile because they've not been given access to any schematics or whatever. They're just testing it because... Theoretically, they want to be a nuclear power if this isn't just a giant psyop distraction, whatever. Because it's not like, it's not like we've seen those missiles being tested. It's not like we were there for that. We're just believing the media and you know, oh, this this thing happened, which is fucking one of the reasons I'm so fucking jaded about this whole goddamn process. Um. But the idea of not pissing off the nations that have a huge amount of nukes, the idea of not having a Cold War or something similar, again, uh, if the Cold War was anything but a marketing stunt, um, is, is something of note. And if the Russian government did have this agreement with him, then he has every reason to be public about it, because it's it's not only telling the Russian government that he won't, but it's also removing the confidence of the people that he will continue fighting in that same fight. But of course, you know, there's every likelihood that he just has released all the information that he wanted to anyway, so... But that's that's just the thing, though. Like, he, he had a very limited amount of information. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the programs that, uh, that he revealed have been renamed and had their files massively redacted so that everybody has their tracks covered. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And that's where you get when you start getting more of these conspiracy ideas is you start to think, well, what if this isn't real? And what if this is all fake? Or what if enough of it is fake that once we find out what is fake, we can start finally building something real for once? When you start thinking along those lines, when you start thinking within those, those, those boundaries and without the boundaries of you know, common thought, 
things like this start to seem very suspicious compared to the way that they were. And I want you to listen to the way that this woman sounds because she does not sound normal. Um, she sounds like there's a shit ton of things that she can say but isn't. And notice her constant words. It's never no or yes. It's always a highly qualified statement. And I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's just who's doing it and why that fucking... There's nothing good about it. Um, you know, because if a government agent grilled me, there's every likelihood that I would use similar tactics. And I'm not saying these tactics are what's wrong. It's who's doing them and why. Always remember that, by the way, because part of the thing of anarchy and advocating, you know, no or limited government at all is understanding that a lot of the things that government does, we will need to do if we ever want those societies. Um, we'll just need to do them ethically. And if we accept that premise, then lying to the government, lying to this gang, uh, this glorified uh, thug army of, of, of murderers and rapists and thieves and liars and, you know fucking war criminals isn't actually unethical. Um, and neither is using deceitful language to try and get out of things with them. These people are not moral actors, and if they act as though they are, they need to start justifying all of their actions in a very precisely ethical way. And they fucking can't, and they know they can't, which is why they persist with all these bullshit lines. But I want you to listen to this woman, because this woman has a very specific way of speaking that I think you can start to recognize in other politicians. Um, and it's, it's very insightful to hear how this sort of thing sounds. You know, and... and while you're listening, if you if you've heard this this George Carlin thing, where he uh, essentially says that you know the the political and media elite they have their own language, uh, this will be very reminiscent of that to you. This will this will remind you because we're talking about a, a woman trying to answer for basically saying that. Um, he has no freedom of speech because he's theoretically committed crimes, which, by the way, all these crimes are, are basically horseshit. Um, you know, even if this was an ethical body, because the things he revealed were illegal. So even if this was an ethical body, he revealed ethical shortcomings. And the fact that he didn't do that with the bullshit rigged, um process that 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 typically goes through the fact that he didn't hike it up the ladder like they wanted him to like a good little boy um is well like they would want him to so that they could fire him is you know perfectly fine it's not a crime there was no victim because he revealed the mass spying programs of the U.S. government. Um, if anything, he, he saved a ton of people uh, in that regard because now they know how to keep themselves covered and keep their privacy, which they paid for, um, you know, 
or, or their property or their lives, their livelihoods that are destroyed by these programs because they can manipulate people so easily with them. But um, just listen to this. I'm going to play you know, four to five minutes of this, and I want you to, uh, to listen to the way this woman sounds because it's very telling, to say the least, uh, how easily she can just m like maneuver around with her words instead of actually answering any questions. Because answering questions would obviously mean being uncomfortable uh, and saying things that your superiors might not like and that their corporate allies might find distasteful. So just um, bear with this for a moment, listen to it, and uh, and after that I'm going to come on with, uh, with my conspiracy theory that... Um, that has actually been circulating around for a while, but people seem to have some sort of uh, issue when I bring it up. Some people, anyway. So I wanted to uh, just elucidate what I meant by some of this. But uh, now, here is Jen, uh, State Department spokeswoman during the Obama administration around 2013, uh, discussing the issue of Snowden. Watch for the jump around. It's very obvious. Well, you are correct um, that this is an area only accessible with the assistance of Russian authorities. Uh, beyond that, we of course saw the announcement uh, earlier this morning uh, uh, online or wherever it was first made, uh, but that was the first we learned of the plans for this event. Is it, is it your that in his meeting with these human rights activists, Mr. Snowden committed more violations of American law? I was, don't think I was suggesting that, Matt. Okay, then I, then I just don't understand. I think this is an incredibly slippery slope that you're going down here, that, that, the, <laughs> that the U.S. government is going down here. If you are coming up and saying <clears throat> to us that you're trying to prevent an American citizen albeit one who has been accused of, of, of serious crimes, from exercising his right to free speech. You don't, you, you don't agree with that? I believe that what I've conveyed most proactively here is our concern about uh, those who helped facilitate this event yes. and make it into a propaganda platform. Right. Well, and, uh, the the prop propaganda platform Aside, free speech covers propaganda. Last time I checked, it covers a, a lot of things. Um, and I don't see, unless he somehow violated U.S. law by speaking at this, at the Russian, the transit line at the Russian airport, I don't see how, why you would be disappointed in the Russians for one, facilitating it, but also apparently, from what it sounds like, try to discourage them from, uh, from, uh, Right, to discourage this, them from uh, allowing this event to take place in the, uh, to take place at all. Well, Matt, this isn't happening, happening clearly, because we wouldn't be talking about mm -hmm. it in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And this is an individual, as we all know, who has been accused of felony right. crimes in the United States. We've expressed strongly our desire to have him returned to face those charges. Uh, this is all but applicable you, context to these circumstances. But as you have also said, he is a U.S. citizen. He remains he a U.S. citizen, and yes. he enjoys certain rights as a U.S. citizen. One of those rights, from your point of view, is that he has the right to come back and face trial for the crimes he's been mm -hmm. committed. 
But the rights that you're not talking about are his right to free speech, his right to talk with whoever he wants to, freedom to assemble. Um, I don't understand why those rights are, why, why you ignore those and simply say that he has, that he's welcome to come back to the United States to exercise his right to be tried by a jury of his peers. Why is that the only right that he gets, according to this administration? I don't think that's what my statement conveyed. All right. <coughs> well, uh, has, the, um, has the U.S. Um, spoken, had uh, contact with the Russian ambassador here um, to convey that message? Um, I'd have to check on additional contacts um, beyond what I just stated. Okay. Is there a belief in this building that the Russians are not dealing with the U.S. in good faith regarding Edward Snowden? I think uh, our belief is, is what I stated, which is that they still have the opportunity to do the right thing. We are disappointed uh, in their, with their role in facilitating the events of this morning, uh, but we will continue to convey that we'd like to see him returned and uh, they can play a role in How that. How much of this, sorry, mm -hmm. I was just going to ask, has the administration sent any officials or any people representing the administration to this transit area in the Moscow airport to try and make contact with Snowden directly? Not that I'm aware of. How, um, if the Russians accept his asylum position, mm -hmm. how badly will this damage the relationship? Is it, is it, you know, is this the most important issue in the relationship with Russia right now? Uh, well, I'm not going to rank them. Obviously, we work with Russia on a range of issues. There's no question uh, that, um, uh, as we've stated broadly with any country that would have a role in assisting him either in transit or in a final, uh, final place for him to live, that that would uh, raise concerns in our relationship. Uh, however, we're not at that point yet. They still raise have Raise concerns, the, or would it kind of damage the the relationship? Well, at least this hasn't happened yet. They still have the opportunity to do the right thing and return Mr. Snowden to the United States, and that's what our hope is. But you don't really think that's going to happen. I mean, you're growing resigned to the idea that he, they're going to accept his asylum position. I, I'm not. That's not at all what I stated. I don't think. Do you know if the Secretary mm -hmm. has any plans to talk to Lavrov? I mean, yes, I realize that it's not necessarily their specific portfolios, but now that it is a diplomatic thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm not of aware, aware of a planned call, Matt. Can I ask um, the WikiLeaks statement that uh, Edward Snowden put out? He, he accepted all extant offers of asylum, uh, including the one from Venezuela, and mm -hmm. said that that relationship is now formal, that he's now an asylee. Um, but does the U.S. recognize this? And he also said that that would give him some kind of international legal protections. And in that case, as an asylee, what kind of implications would that have for the U.S.'s continuing efforts to extradite him? Well, it's not for the United States to recognize um, our position and our message to uh, every uh, government we've communicated with has been the same, which is that we'd like to see him returned to face the charges he's been accused of. Uh, I don't have any independent confirmation of what's been offered or accepted in any of these cases. Are we done with Snowden? Okay. Oh, go ahead, Captain. That today's events have not changed the U.S. position and have not changed his legal status, Snowden's status. Uh, sir, on the second, uh, not that I'm aware of, uh, and on the first, absolutely, it has not changed our position. So you see how she did that when, like, this entire press conference was basically like that, and. Um, Essentially, every question that she answered was answered with a dodge. 
The only question that I can um, definitively say was not a dodge was the last one, and that's the one that basically was stating that the U.S. government was not going to change any of their positions based on anything that they found out through this late through through what was at the time the latest Snowden uh, uh, conversation, and and I want you to think about that when I tell you about this. And when I tell you about anything else um, in, any of, in, in any of my other shows, um, what we're talking about here is a group of people that are very good at using language to stay on top of things. Because basically, we have a society that is run based on words and intentions and secret clubs. And, you know, if you know these secret codes and if you know these secret words... And if you know how things work, really, uh, you you can either join them or be one of their enemies. And uh, with a woman like that, you can tell very easily which side she took by claiming that Edward Snowden revealing illegal spying programs that were later deemed by the Supreme Court to be illegal um, were w- w- was like just unethical it wasn't the right thing to do it was illegal because the u.s government has a law that's that's what's wrong she couldn't point to an injured party she couldn't point to anybody who was negatively affected really other than the u.s government and the only thing that she could do was make apologies for the uh for for the u.s government action and by by that i mean you know she she was just explaining everything away. She wasn't saying anything specific. She wasn't being particular. She wasn't being ethical. She was just trying to explain it all away and using very inflammatory language, saying that he's basically a propagandist at this point with no proof at all. Um, and she was very clearly on the side of, of, of the oppressor here. She was very clearly on the side of the U.S. government. And I'm not going to say I don't use inflammatory language, because I do. I use inflammatory language like calling her on the side of the oppressor. That's not precisely friendly speech. But at the same time, what I'm, what I'm trying to convey here is that you can tell by the way somebody speaks uh, what their intentions are, whether they're whether or not they're willing to fully explain their position, whether or not their position is worth anything uh, to anybody other than them. And it, what, what's generally true is that the politicians and the government agents will always, they will always use language that is designed to get you to react a specific way. They will always use language that is designed to elicit positive feelings, like diversity. Um, And in this particular case, the way that word was used uh, for my conspiracy theory that that, you know, is fairly well covered on documentaries like Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, um, is biodiversity. Biodiversity is the idea that because of the scourge of human influence on the planet, we need, uh, we, we need to have huge sections of land wilded and huge sections of land urbanized and, um, Basically, what this means is that there are big splotches on America's map and on the world map in general 
where you cannot go because the area is conserved for wildlife, whether that be a national park, a reserve, um, a preserve, um, what is what I meant to say. Uh, they've, they've got these areas where humans cannot go, uh, except if they have government permission or a government, uh, or, or a government position maintaining them. Now, these splotches of land are connected to the fabric of the road system, which I explained last week can act like a net basically controlling all traffic and making sure that it does exactly what they want it to. Um, and, ba you know, if you control the roads, you control people's livelihoods. They can't get to and from work if you d say they can't. Uh, they, they, they can't get food. They can't get deliveries because you can stop all of those uh, organizations from getting to the place by stopping them with a cop car or something similar. And you can eff effectively control the entire world by controlling how people travel on the world. Um, and when you do so, when you try to control the entire world this way, a lot of areas would be wide open and not very well utilized. And the reason that that's the case is because when those areas are open to the public, you can't urbanize them. You can't keep them penned in. You can't keep them in small clustered areas like you want. The state wants to have everybody be very easy to control, and in doing so, they have to have us in small areas stacked up on each other like giant cell blocks, uh, apartments, uh, even if we're not stacked up on each other, we have like multi-story homes or just a single-story home, you know, or we're camping in pre-approved areas, and all of this is designed to protect the government's interests. All of this is designed to keep them uh, in power because they can travel wherever they want. They can travel into your home, they can travel into your neighborhood, they can travel into your city, into your state. And they can travel into all of the areas and all of the above um, where you cannot travel because they've restricted it or where you can't stay because they've restricted it to long-term stays. And in doing so, they've effectively created a giant net whereby people cannot move without consent of the government. And, you know, if that's not slavery, I don't know what it is. But... We, we've we've got that, and that's bad enough. But then, if you start to think in sort of more a tinfoil way, in more of these crazy wingnut conspiracy ways, there's a lot of these areas where people are forbidden to access. Now, what would the government have an incentive for to, like, have bars for access to certain areas? Well... If you want to conduct experiments, if you want to have a base, if you want to have an underground city, oftentimes it's best to have it out of public view. And if you want to have the ultimate in these sorts of things, um, maybe having access to wide open terrains in the middle of nowhere called BLM or um, the, 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 the park system where they have huge wilded networks that, that, that basically people don't, don't explore widely because they're government controlled and people can't live there. 
Um, and you have all of these areas that people normally can't go, and you've already walled them into their urban areas so that they're nice to control there. But how do you develop the things that are really good to control people with if you don't have secret areas to to do that in? Uh, I would probably posit that there are a shit ton of secret bases, probably underground, in these uh, in these wilded regions. And I would assume that if there were, they're conducting a huge amount of of large scale testing down there, and that's why they don't want us to know about it. You know, people are all about Area Fifty One, but who says that's the only area? Who says? That there aren't a shit ton of other worse areas out there that have much more in terms of danger to offer the American people or the world, you know, because they're the only government who's dropped nukes on anybody. Um, and, and this is insane. It's it's insane to people to hear this. But I, I, I got to tell you, I don't feel like the insane one here, you know, as much as my insanity is free username everywhere, uh, seems to say. I, I think that the people who are crazy are the people who are deranged enough to come up with ideas like this and then regularly execute them. The people with so little humanity that they would choose to enslave their fellow man and keep them out of the most beautiful parts of the, of, of the world, um you know, and keep those parts controlled by the same people who have uh, destroyed entire forests and, you know, basically nations with things like Agent Orange and, you know, deformed babies with depleted uranium. And I know, oh, it's a different department. The Parks Department's not the one who did that. You're just crazy. Well, it's not necessarily the Parks Department that did it, but they're connected to the bastards who did. And government's a fucking package deal. You know... It, it's sort of like, I, I, I posted something about the non-aggression principle today, but let me pull that up. The non-aggression principle is uh, basically a foundation of libertarian principles, and it says don't initiate force, but so many people just throw it out the window. Um, so, so this is what I wrote, and it's in direct response to a Facebook post. So, quote, the NAP is ineffective and a waste of time. The quote above is something I ran across on Facebook today, and it's a sentiment I've heard repeated countless times in many permutations. It's also ignorant of both reality and political history, and I hope to address a couple of reasons here. The non-aggression principle for the uninitiated is a guidepost of much of modern libertarian thought, which states that the initiation of force upon rightly owned property is the basis for most unethical action and it should be avoided. To say that this is somehow ineffective is to say that there would be no consequence for breaching the terms of the principle in a society founded upon it. To say it's a waste of time when a new society would need new principles to begin with and to maintain itself is patently wrong and almost acts as a sabotage of change. Why? First, people need guiding principles in order to support any given society, a flag to rally around, as it were. Most people understand the utility of property ownership and the consequences of violating that ownership. Explain property as the initiation of a front to rightly own properly. Uh, sorry. I'm fucking tired. Explained properly as the initiation or of affront to rightly owned property, the non-aggression principle has the potential to be such a guiding principle. This may be why most people who malign the NAP 
Almost exclusively do it through the meme warfare. Targeted propaganda with spread intention, such as the straw man smiley image, consistently spotlighting the worst possible, most far-fetched applications of it. When an argument of wide application can be made to not initiate force, it's very simple, which opens it up to being panned as unnuanced and naive, but it's no less unnuanced than the veneer of propaganda that costs the rhetoric of the best-intentioned statist. But secondly, and most importantly, if society is to move past the status quo, which is, at this point, likely meaningful of nothing more than a buzz phrase many used to say, the way I don't want it to stay, we need an ethical basis for procedure, instead of the historically faux-utilitarian approach of breaking eggs to make omelets, so to speak. They can o that can only begin by stating first principles with res which respect the human being's ownership of themselves, and by extension, their labor, domain, and future, lest societies perpetuate, as they always have been, with a dominating unethical group of people doing the business of deciding how justice should be allotted, who should be protected, and why, guided by ideas and principles which are anything but ethical. An ethical future requires an ethical first step, or it will stumble into the same societal functions it sought to supplant. If someone cannot find a better ethical approach that respects individual sovereignty and is not willing to completely reject ethics as a mode of achieving an ideal society, then criticizing the NAP is not their domain, and they should join a lobbying group to occupy themselves. There are many better uses of the energy spent denigrating reasonable ethics, and at least in doing so, they can make a lasting job out of it. And somebody got into a very long argument with me about that, and his essential argument was that NEP doesn't address the things properly because you can't just make a law. Um, well, I told him basically that the premise of making a law to make things better is, is horseshit because, first off, he said government laws were based in morality, which is total crap. But second off, and this was my comment reply, Government laws aren't based in morality, much less object objectivity, and if you don't understand that, then you're still choking on a boot you licked. I can agree that children do not have the capacity to contract, because, by the way, the reason I'm bringing this up, he basically did a my children thing immediately and said, you know, how would you prevent or address statutory rape in this society? <laughs> and I don't respond well to people assuming that there wouldn't be rational solutions to traumatic things. And so, you know, and, and not to mention the disrespect inherent in that sort of thing. And so I came off with this, essentially, after a long conversation about it. And in doing so, state a moral basis against statutory rape. I also think a status paradigm is an inadequate and inefficient method by which prevention of, prevention of such offenses and punishment for them can be meted out. I won't acknowledge that it's the only or best way to handle this or anything else because nothing else has ever really been given a fair shake. Plus, if you think that these laws are based in morality, I have countless headlines of actual criminals getting off technically on technicalities, some of whom are public sector. I could spin you I could spam you just as effectively as you're spamming my comments with your status drivel. 
and your what-about-the-children argument is trash. Maybe a kid is saved from a predatory teacher here, but ten are killed by predator drone missiles launched by the same government. Moral laws? Give me a fucking break. I'm not okay with this trade-off, and the fact that you are is not well-reflecting on your personality or ethics. Fuck off with that forever. And I mean that. I'm tired of people taking the moral high ground and then claiming that that government is the way out. Really fucking tired of it. I've been tired of it for years now, but it doesn't get any easier to deal with in any given day. And I get more and more angry with it because government is a package deal. The Park Service may not be, you know, installing bases. The Park Service may not be doing all this other shit, but you know what they could be doing? They could be acting as a fucking front organization for the U.S. government's uh, giant base building program, or maybe that breakaway civilization they want. They're building underground housing for it in some of these places. We don't fucking know because most people don't goddamn visit those locations. And if it is underground, then they've got sufficiently hidden entrances to it with basically keep away signs that it wouldn't be a problem to keep them hidden. They could keep building them, like the underground naval bases or the fucking huge possible base under Denver International Airport. You know, all of these places adorned with giant emblems of Illuminati symbolism. And and, and we're just supposed to look at all this and say, this is fine. It's like that dog in the burning fucking bar. We've got to get angry. We've got to say this isn't fucking okay, you know? But first, we've got to be suspicious. And you don't have to be as suspicious as me. I'm not suggesting you do. But what I am suggesting is that if we don't start to get real angry, real quick, then we are fucked. And if we don't start to do something with that anger, if we don't build a productive society... If we don't build a new future, then we are stuck with the one we have. And that isn't goddamn acceptable. Not to me, anyway. And I don't think it's acceptable to most of you, either. So, all I ask is this. Do research. Do research. Educate people based on that research. Don't be afraid to interact with the sources that people would deem, you know, seditious or... Fake news, because we all know that the people decrying fake news the most are goddamn fake news themselves. Um, and think for yourself. Be a human. Be independent. Have a spirit of you. Not a spirit of the collective. Not sacrificing your own personal understanding of the world to the way it fucking is. Don't just sit idly by while your freedoms are being snatched and while people are dying because of the people who are snatching your freedom being in a position of power that they can enact increasingly fucked up shit to dominate the world with. These are murderous, scum-sucking psychopaths and we need to depose them from power permanently and permanently rewrite the future of whatever we have going here because this shit is not working 
Remember to smash the state. This is Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding, signing out.